Morning, Hugh. Morning, Connell. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, Gil. So, why are we here today, Connell? We're here to wrap up season one of 2P1J. Pretty exciting. What are we talking about? Well, we've got a guest in our first guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who is it? Bo Yushay. He's a marketing expert here to pop our guest cherry, so ho- <laughs> hopefully he's gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually leaving after season one. <laughs> no, leaving that- right now. <laughs> I mean, if anyone needed marketing expertise, it's us, you. So I think let's get straight into it. The Rapid Fire Review. Connell and Hugh take 30 seconds each to reflect. All right, Hugh, rapid fire review. What's been happening? Yeah, I think I'm getting more eccentric as I get older. (laughs) (laughs) So I speak about running and I go running most mornings. Mm. So now the people that I see often are stopping them to introduce myself. Are you really? You're on the street? Yeah, on the street. So I run past this guy. Yesterday I stopped him and I says, how you going? He's like, his name was Stephen. We had a little conversation. I said, I run past you most mornings. I might as well greet you by your name. I was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, I've seen this in you though. You know, when we've been in meetings together out off site, you would introduce yourself to people that look like they need a bit of a hand. <laughs> Random strangers, mate. Building community. Yeah. <laughs> and yourself, Connell? Well, I've realized this week in particular, I need to get more comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's applied to a few things in my life. But even doing something like this, a podcast, it can be very nerve wracking. It can be a lot of pressure I put on myself, but it's just getting comfortable being uncomfortable, I think push yourself. Yeah, it's it. Be fearless. It's one of our values. Actually start living by it. <laughs> Very good. Let's hook into the shark birth. You're listening to Two Paths, One Journey with Hugh Reardon and Connell Faulkner. Bonus episode two, show number 13. And today we're talking marketing, a subject that we didn't cover in the first 12 shows because neither of us knew anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So we've called them the big guns, Bo. To who's a marketing expert. Welcome, Bo. Oh, thank you. That's quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to build you up. Now, yeah. Now it's up to you to live up to that. Yeah, well, you'd expect the marketing guy to actually be able to deliver <laughs> on that. So, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Bowen. We have a business called Virtual Marketing Management. So focus on providing solutions for the modern business, scale to meet your needs. So it's about finding the real root cause of the problem within your business and then getting a solution which fits that. It's scalable, it's flexible. It's not being aligned to any one discipline or skill set. It's actually going, all right, what's actually going on here? What's actually going to change my business? And then finding the solution that fits into that, which you can actually deliver on. Would you say you're the Swiss army knife of marketing? Oh, I'd like to say, yeah, more of a, the Yugoslavian no, yeah. army knife. A uh, few, few more weapons in there, but yeah. It's, uh... From that intro, you know, and in your experience in the business, have you found that there are any simple but recurring problems that businesses that you work with face? Yeah, the common thing that you see most often is businesses trying to do too much, whether it's being in too many places or oversaturating channels or essentially spreading themselves too thin where they're trying to be everything to everyone. They're trying to be in every place that they think they should be. They've heard somewhere that they need to be on TikTok or they need to be doing this and they feel the inclination to create a presence there when in reality, their customers aren't there. They're not doing it well. They're not actually creating anything which is going to have lasting impact or cut through or anything like that. And they should actually pull back from that. You see that all the time. And it could be legacy things where you've been doing it the way it's always been done, or my competitors are doing that or or whatever it might be. There's a whole heap of influences there. But the one thing you see so often is just trying to do too much. So when you go and work into a business, what's the first thing you do to identify that? 
Well, it's a hygiene check, so essentially an audit. So you you look at all the activities, you look at everything that's available to you, depending on the point in our conversation, depending on the point in our own journey together, like our team and the business, we'll take whatever you'll give us access to, whether it's externally facing assets like your website, your social channels, whatever it might be, sales documents, anything that you're willing to share, we'll have a look at that as a holistic ecosystem and then evaluate it against our what a proper marketing function should look like, what we identify as the gaps. And then from there, we can put together a list of recommendations and an action plan to go, all right, if you want to whip this into shape and you actually want this to be effective, this is what we suggest that you do. And you can take that to whoever you like. You can get it executed by whoever you feel comfortable with. We just hope that you come back and see us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair hope. <laughs> well, but if we do the right job and we actually give you something of value that stands out for you and like resonates with you, nine times out of 10, you're going to come back and see us. But if not, there's no hard feelings. Like You get it executed the way that you want. We've obviously got our own processes. We approach things, but to each their own. If you've got a good guy, go with them. Yeah. We on the show, we talk a lot about understanding our customer journey. And it Mm. must be interesting for you because you not only have the customers that your business engage, but then you have to understand their customer journeys too. But for the customers that your business engages, is it important for you to understand their journey? Yeah, I think it's understanding their mentality is probably the most important thing. Understanding their own, I mean, it's really the same across the board. When we're working with the business, we're trying to understand the motivations of their customers. It's the same thing like with our own customers. We're trying to understand their motivations. They are pretty consistent as business owners. There's a lot of similar recurring problems, but it's just having the confidence to make the right step knowing what to prioritize, that kind of thing. So we do encounter kind of the similar kind of situation with our customers as our customers face with their own. Yeah, so for the show today, and great introduction, pretty broad, you know, so and very confident that Bo's going to deliver some great content for our listeners. I think going back to your very first point is where we're going to head is like people doing too much, spread too thin yeah. and just half-assing it, I suppose, for lack yeah. of a better term. Exactly that. And most of the time it's not knowing where to focus. It's been a kind of organic journey where it's kind of evolved and it's like getting bloated and it's like, yeah, you know what? Like you do with every other part of your business, you cut the fat, cut the fat out of your marketing function. Well, let's figure that out. Let's how you do less and how to do it better. That's it. You're listening to Two Paths, One Journey. So we were talking about doing less, but doing it better. But we've jumped ahead a bit. What actually is marketing and what should people know? Marketing is a bit of a catch-all term and does get thrown around a lot. And it can mean a lot of different things. And I think that's where, especially business owners, can get overwhelmed with thinking about what does marketing actually encompass? Because it can mean so many different things. And moving away from like disciplines and skills and channels and all that kind of thing, I think if you break it down, it's really about the dynamics between supply and demand. If you've got too much of a product and the demand's not there, you can use the different marketing disciplines and tools to create demand, to try and find where your customers are, position your product in a way, product or service in a way which will appeal to them. You can create demand in that sense. If the balance is the other way, where which we've seen in recent years with supply not being able to meet demand, people want the product but they can't get it, 
You can then use other mechanisms available to boost your prices, increase margins, make more money in that sense, and justify all those things through the different mechanisms that are available to you. So from my mind, that's really where the balance is. When marketing sits in there, it's really getting the most out of that. Whichever way the inefficiencies weigh, you get the most out of it. Your business makes the most money. So even marketing, you go, oh, yeah, that's pretty simple. Then you have someone explain and you go, oh, shit, that's a bit more complex. And then talking about what we're talking about today, like doing less, doing better, you've got all of these channels and then you've got this sort of FOMO and yeah. and then you're like, oh, the new greatest leads and what your competition is doing. Yeah, yeah. So how the hell do you figure it out? Like where do you start? Yeah, it's really about taking a step back and looking at the whole customer journey. For me, marketing is, it's an ecosystem, right? So there's all these different elements which feed into it. But really what you're trying to do is look at the entry point for your customers, like where they're first hearing about you, all the way through all the steps that they take over whatever time frame it is for your particular business through the point where they convert, where they make a sale. The key with marketing is making sure that that whole journey is solidified. You're actually speaking to them at every point in that journey and things are weighted correctly. You're not putting out way too many ads without supplementary content to convince them of your solution. You're not like doing no ads and it's all responsive stuff where you're too weighted down the other end. That's really the first step is doing essentially a data audit or a, a general audit of your customer journey of how they're getting to you and making sure that every step of that is evenly weighted. And you might find that you're actually doing well in that regard, and that's fine, but most of the time you'll find that you're doing too much of one thing or you're overcompensating in different areas, and it's just cutting back on those areas where you you are a bit bloated. That's where you can identify it and you can start to make those adjustments. It's interesting hearing you talk about data and those sorts of things because for me, a bit of a novice in this space, mm. marketing's always seemed pretty airy-fairy. It's just put up a post on Instagram, run a Facebook ad, you have a graphic Your business design. will grow. Yeah, that's exactly but, right. And, and that's it. And that's where I think a lot of business owners get bogged down is that they see marketing as a post, an Instagram post or a, an ad in the newspaper or radio ad or a podcast ad. And yes, that is a part of it. But where do they go from there? Mm. Where do they go once they hear about you? How are they nurtured through that process? And the beauty of marketing is that it's this blend of art and science. So there's all the data in the world which will tell you when that ad needs to run. The demographics for this podcast are business owners in this category. So yet you can get all the data, you can see where they've clicked through and you can follow all that and you can get the audience metrics and all these kind of things. But if your message is shit, it's not going to resonate. So if you don't have the art part of it where you're actually appealing to emotions or you're really using creative license and creative means to really encourage them through that process, then it's going to fall flat. And the other thing as well, like a tree falling in the woods, you can have the most beautiful ad that's ever been produced and the most emotive TBC that's really going to get the customers across the line. They're really going to like feel inspired by your message. But if, if no one ever sees it, it's not going to work. So it's really getting that balance right. And this is what makes it so incredibly simple but extremely hard is that getting the balance right between something which is so intangible like creative, what's going to resonate with people? And this is why focus groups exist. So you get a group of people in the room and go, does this resonate with you? But of course, focus groups are usually lying because you're in a room like being pressured by the person. Yeah, group thing, you're being pressured by the person paying you. So, you know, that's why it can feel so complex. And that's why most of the time 
the work we do is really going, you know what? It is complex. If you do 50% of what you're currently doing, but do that 50% really well, mm. then you'll get better results. So when doing that less, where do you look to start in the sense that you're doing all of these things yeah. and you, from your advice, you follow the customer journey. So yeah. people have broken out the customer journey and they're like, so where on the customer journey do you see people going wrong where they, they're working in one space? So you use some of the terms like emotive and yeah. other things, but where do you reckon you should be St- yeah. Where should you start? Yeah, well, it'll be different for every person. When you're looking at it, you'll it'll become clear. And this is where the audit comes in. This yeah. is why we do an audit as a first step because it's really clear to us because we do it every day. Yeah. We can usually identify where those gaps are. As a business owner, like it's really looking at that waiting. And I'll give you an example. A business that I work with have a product so they've got this waste disposal unit. It's scientifically engineered. It's industrial designed by some of the, the best industrial designers in Australia. It's got all this amazing scientific thinking. It's prototype seven of a really rigorous scientific process. Shitload of features. It's shitload of features. And it will turn your scraps into the most beautiful soil that you've ever seen. Amazing. The problem is when they're communicating this, they're starting with the features. The output's fine, but like speaking of the features that have gone into this, but people aren't connecting with that. For your customer journey, if you're talking about features out here, it's not actually going to resonate. You're just going to be white noise that's scrolled over. The problem that they had is they weren't actually getting the emotional connection at the beginning to start that process. People weren't actually connecting the beautiful soil with composting. They were too focused on process. And it's like, well, what you need to do is actually connect the customer with that end process, the beautiful gardens that they're going to get, the flourishing backyard, the veggies that are growing like crazy because of this carbon that you're removing from the atmosphere, like appealing to these things where people go, oh. Can I just jump in and and redirect? So they're too far down the customer journey. They were too too heavily weighted towards the end of the customer journey where you're trying to seal the deal with the features. Shouldn't you, you know, like he's a devil's Hmm. advocate. Can't you sell on features? Like, why don't you just sure, add words on features? And- sure, if you're in market. Like, yeah. if you're in market and you know the solution yeah. you want and you're ready to buy and everyone will be able to relate to this, yeah. when you click on those pair of shoes and then suddenly every pair of no, shoes you've never heard of yeah. getting served up to you across the internet and it's chasing yeah. you everywhere, this is how Google made a trillion dollars mm-hmm. is identifying you're in market, right? Then it's a fist fight. That's when you start to get into the trenches where they're trying to scramble to get that last sale and brand elements and that emotional stuff won't work at that point because you're ready to buy. So that's when you're buying on features. So that's when you're at the end of that process, like it really gets down to -to hand-to-hand combat where you have to duke it out. You're just on that. Like, I'm just thinking of our audience too, Mm. like- because our audience, we're for the business owner, the SME, like mm. they can't go into hand-to-hand combat. They haven't got these massive AdWord budgets. Yeah. So if you don't want to fight 30, like go head-to-head with multinational, where on the customer journey do you go? Yeah, so you've got to move further up there. So marketing is about building familiarity. The products or services that get remembered get bought. So when you get to that point, to get a head start on all the other people that you're fighting with, all the other brands that you're with in that moment, you need to have greater familiarity. So you can do that by moving further up the benefits hierarchy. So before you get to features, you should actually look at the functional benefits of your product or service. So so what is actually like the outcomes of 
working with you, of buying your product, buying your service. But even before that, you actually, to translate in that again and move further up, it's really those emotional benefits. So what's the connection that you're going to have to the end product? How are you going to feel? If you're an accountant, you can get more tax back for your customers. Yeah. It's like, well, I can do more things in my business. It's like, take that relief, relief, joy, pride, like all those emotional things, like start to appeal to them there so that you've got a head start on your competition as they move through that purchasing journey. So if we go back to your compost example Mm. where they are fighting the dirty battle on the features front, how does it resonate? Well, how does it manifest for them? What advice did you give them? Yeah, so it was going back to the customer. So having a really clear understanding of who that person is and what drives them. And what we discovered was that they don't care about the process. They do not care about how they get that great soil, that what they care about is a flourishing garden. What they care about is taking carbon out of the atmosphere and doing their little bit for the environment because they can then feel pride in the garden that they've built. I entertain in my garden, look how beautiful it is, pride. I do my bit for the environment because I take carbon and put it back into the soil, pride. So looking at that as an emotive driver and finding ways that we can appeal to that because that's going to get your attention. That's going to encourage you to... The main problem was that they might not have considered composting as the solution to that problem. They don't even know that's the problem. So it's really going up there. And then when you get to functional benefits, then you can start to talk about how that actually feeds into the problem that you're trying to solve and then the features of the closer. Can I try and summarize? Like, Mm. I'm not sure whether I've captured this right, but if you're up on that emotional level... All of a sudden, the audience, you can be selling to an audience that doesn't even know that you exist. You're going, you want to help the environment or you want a better garden. Yeah. This is your problem. We can solve it as opposed to competing. Those people might know that you've got a solution. Yeah. And that's usually the case because the customer doesn't know what the problem is. Yes. They know what they feel but they might not know what the problem is. But And so if you're talking about the solution, they're like, well, working with professional services, it's like, oh, well, we do contracts. Do I need a contract? I don't know. If you go back up and say, protect your business, yeah, like I've been bleeding into this business for decades. Like I want to protect it, yeah. Like we're the best protection for your business. Okay, I'm starting to resonate with that. And then the solution's further down. Like it could be a contract, it could be a million other things. So, so far we've been talking about optimizing the actual marketing material we're putting out there. At least Mm. that's how it sounds to me. It's about how you're actually communicating with your customers. So you're communicating in a different style depending on where you are on the journey. But the real, I guess, the real theme of what we're talking about today is doing less. Mm. So how does that translate then to actually doing less of it? There's still so much out there because like you said, there's TikTok. There's more and more social media platforms every other day. So how do you actually get someone to kind of pick their lane? Yeah, well, it really comes back to those customer emotions. What are they feeling? What's going to actually stick in their memory? You're trying to get that hook. And understanding them and what's driving them, you can then go, all right, is a 70-year-old retiree with a beautiful garden on TikTok? (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. Are they even on Instagram? Maybe. So that's a test environment. Mm. So cut TikTok out. Is Instagram where we should be heavily have a heavy presence? Maybe. You know where they really get all their information? Gardening Australia. Mm-hmm. So pulling back and going, all right, look at all the places that we're in. Mm-hmm. Are these actually going to resonate with this core customer? It's understanding the core customer and their motivations and then going, is this going to appeal to them in that moment? And then when you get a sense of that, you go, all right, I would cut channels out entirely rather than doing like, okay, like here's our channel plan and we've got radio, podcasts, TVCs, and we're just going to do 50%. No, actually cut 
entire channels out and do your TVCs really well. What's the TV? Sorry, TV commercials, te- oh, yeah. television commercials. Yeah. So if yeah. that's all video, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. online video. Uh, yeah. Rather than doing 50% less video, 50% less radio, 50%, yeah. no, no, no. Cut some of those channels out and just do those channels that remain really well. Like make sure that you own what you're doing, that your message is clear, the production's there. Like really narrow that focus as opposed to just doing 50% of everything. So just simplifying, you know, mm. for this example, like we've got the customer journey and we're like, okay, doing something for the environment or someone who wants a flourishing garden, which is an older person, that's their persona. Mm. And then you're going, okay, well, that person actually has a magazine subscription. So when someone says to you, oh, print media is dead, well, in this context, it's not because that's where your customers are. A hundred percent. So it depends. It is a channel. A hundred percent. And the local nursery's newsletter. Yes. Like, yeah. I yeah. bet you that they read that every single week. Yeah, yeah. And so it's looking at that going, all right, well, we're generating content for our own website and yeah. we've got our own blog. What are the distribution channels for that content? The local nursery's newsletter – They've got to put it together themselves. Can you put your existing content into their channels? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're scaling back all those other things. You're doing your blogs really well. Where else can those blogs go? Just on that, like do less, do better. And you think like less as in just dollar spend and you mm. go, well, shit, I'm going to slip these guys 200 bucks to get an ad in their letter and write a little editorial to support it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just like less, better, yeah. targeted. Yeah, so, yeah, and too often business owners see that as a cost and it's like, well, that's your lead generation. Putting that money into a newsletter which speaks to 50 of your customers, would you much rather speak to 50 of your customers or put an ad out for a million people yeah. who don't, put a TV ad out for a million people who would ignore it? Just be really clear about, about who those people are and yeah. where they're going and that's how you can do less, do better. And just for the business owner, is there mm. any way that you found that takes the guesswork out of it? Because I know for myself yeah. in my business, thinking of my customer personas, yeah. it's essentially an assumption. Yeah. I have no real way to test that until I actually get them. Yeah. And who knows how many I could have missed in that meantime. Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of that they could do to test it? Well, first thing is talk to them. Mm. How many of your customers have you spoken to this week? Oh, very few. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be, you know your customers, new or old. But it's really getting from them, like they'll tell you exactly what matters to them. But getting an honest assessment from that. So if you're fortunate enough to have a sales team underneath you, your sales team will know what the problems are. They'll know where the gaps are in in your marketing function. They'll know what they need to help sell better. Most of the time, you're going to be, as business owners, you're in SME world, you'll be doing the selling. So you know where the gaps are. If people are having issues with understanding the product, okay, right, maybe we need more spec sheet. You'll know those, but ask them. Ask your customers, like, if you're not talking to them every week, you're not doing your job. So just building on Connell's question, you yeah. know, and your advice is like, it, and it resonates with our advice in the show, like it's the simple sh- but critical shit. But do you reckon that's why like marketing technology gets such a big run because you can get all of this data yet? 100%. So people are loving the data from their email open rate, but they're forgetting some of the simple stuff. Exactly. And Marketing technology has been growing like crazy. You know, you, can we just define like marketing yeah, tech? Just, yeah. just so, for, so like your CRM, lead gen, you know, any kind of system, any kind of technical system or technology-based system that you have which supports your marketing. So yeah, like HubSpot, Salesforce, Klaviyo, your CR, whatever your, your back-end yeah, systems you are, name which, it, yeah. you name it, like there's heaps of them. We were looking at some data recently which said something like 43% of all 
MarTech, marketing technology licenses aren't being used. So this is do less, do better, because it's like most people aren't even using the technology. So it's a double whammy. One, they mightn't even need it because that's where the customer mightn't be hanging yeah. out. Going back to the persona, that seven-year-old, if he's not on email and you've got a great email system, waste of time. Yep. And then you double down on that by not even knowing how to use not it properly. Not even knowing how to use it properly. Yeah, so yeah. going back to, all right, we're going to cut our channels back. Okay, we think email is a really good channel for us. Are you using the software correctly? Call your rep, get training on it. Like whether it's you or someone else in your team, you know, someone that can actually spend the time on it, train them up, like make sure you're using it. Are you driving a Ferrari to pick up the groceries? If so, like maybe take it to the racetrack, like see what it can do. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. I suppose doing all of these things and, and saying by doing less, mm. I suppose I'm just trying to summarize it mm. all up. By doing less, it's like, is it being effective? If it is being effective, am I using it to its right? And because you've got to sort of pivot, you've got to test. How do you know yeah. if you've, because you've got that art and science, like yeah, what, do, and, what do you recommend? Well, and that's how MarTech has grown to what it is, is it provides the science, yeah. right? So yeah. it's easy for marketing managers and big organizations with big budgets to go, well, here's a number. This number tells me that I'm doing better and I can go to the board and get more money. Okay, fine. Good for the big companies. But when you're down in the trenches uh, working on your business every day, the best data is that intangible stuff. It's those yeah. conversations with your customers. I know that can be a bit of a cop out. It's like talk to your customers. Like everyone says that, yeah, but it's really important. Like, have you actually done it? Have you actually spoken to them? And in this beautiful CRM that you've got, what data are you recording about those conversations? And it's like, all right, we spoke to this customer the other day. They've got this issue. All right. Have you started looking through those issues and kind of compiling it? It doesn't have to be a number on a spreadsheet. It can just be anecdotal, like, all right, I'm getting a sense for this where it's like, this is the data that I'm pulling in. I'm now going to analyze this. And the art part of it is going, all right, I've got to turn that into an actual insight, something actionable where, all right, people don't know enough about this, what we're doing here. All right, so we need to build out a content plan to address that, or we're not getting enough reach. Like we're not actually getting to the customer segments that we need. All right, so we these people aren't the decision makers, so we need to get up a level. Right, how do we actually move up a level in that decision-making hierarchy within the client business? Yeah. So, Connell, were you going to go? Well, just from my own curiosity, because I want to get an understanding of what a good marketing strategy mm. looks like to you. So, on a national, international level, what example have you seen of a company doing less but doing it better that's been successful for them? The first thing that popped into my mind, and I have no idea why this was the example, <laughs> but in Lululemon. So, okay. they actually, up until recently, spent zero on brand building. Yeah. All they did was invest everything into their product. And Airbnb was the same for the longest mm -hmm. time, where they never spent a dollar on external brand building advertising, or they just spent everything on their product, made it amazing, and built communities. They were made sure they were in, for Lululemon, they were in yoga studios, they did activities, knowing their customer really well, women who do yoga and like want active wear, which supports them, you know, like good active wear. And they just knew what motivated them, and they made sure that they were in all those places, and they didn't spend a dollar on external advertising. So no TVCs, not a lot of digital. It was really just about in-store activations, activities for their customers. I think that's a really good example where it's like, we're not going to get distracted from what drives our customers. We're just going to focus on them really well. And that's a multi-billion dollar mm. global business. But so just on that then, 
there's not such thing as doing too little. Like if you're doing, so this has got no brand building mm. and no fluffy stuff. It's really working on that part of the customer journey where they saw benefit, where their customers yep. and that community around customers. So there's no such thing as doing too little. It's about impact. No, yeah. and like when you get to doing too little, it's like, again, like how do you define that? My way to approach that is like, well, how's your business going? Like, are you hitting your growth targets? You, yeah. You're growing sales? Like, are you content with where you are? If so, then what you're doing is probably fine. Yeah. Um, if you want to change that, if you want to improve margins, if you want to boost sales, if you want to grow your team, enter new markets, enter, okay, that's when you can start to play around with these things. But I don't think there's a, a thing of doing to, and as a marketing consultant, I'm talking myself out of a lot of work by saying, <laughs> but I would much rather see a business do less than try to like do something that's not going to resonate with their customers. But that's where the value is. It's the nuance. Mm. So if we just sort of summarizing what we're, it's like where you're going to play on the customer journey, yeah. thinking about that and how you want to yeah. align that. And then once you've decided where you're going to play on the customer journey, it's like, well, what's the best channels for that? With the customer journey, you have to be across the whole journey. Yeah, okay. So it's being balanced across, across that. Balanced and across the, balance, the journey. The balance ah, across yeah, the journey, journey is the important thing. Okay. So if you're too overweighted at the start with emotions yep. or with features at the end, yep. it's going to be yep. inefficient. It doesn't yep. say it won't work, but it's it's going to cost you a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So it's getting balance across that, which is really important. Which is balanced and targeted. Balanced and targeted. Yep. So yep. you know, making sure that everything you're doing is speaking to the right yeah. people, but at the right stage of that journey. So, And then the next step down, like the channels, where you're going to operate. Yeah. How does it, so you've done the first level and you're balanced and targeted. Yeah. And that drives the channels you select, Yeah, as we discussed. Yeah, 100%. So, for example, your website these days is more often a convincing tool, yep. somewhere where functional benefits and features are listed, as opposed to an awareness driving. Like, yep. So everyone listening to this would know about SEO. It's yep. like, okay, fine. But are your customers going, this service in my area. Yeah. We were talking to a business yesterday. It has a vet clinic. Yeah, 100%. Vet in my area, SEO and search functions are going to work very well for them. Yeah. But everything else, think about that. Like, think about what your customer's doing. Are yeah. they actually going accountant in my area? Probably not. What they're going to do is ask a friend or like yeah, think yeah. of some kind of information, yeah. Yeah. do some research and yeah. find a, a piece of content that talks to their specific problem. Yeah. So it's thinking about those things a bit more yeah. and just making sure that the channel meets the stage. Yeah. So yeah. as they move through, you're going yeah. awareness, convincing, convert. Yeah. So making sure yeah. that... And there's direct correlation between the, that first level of customer journey yep. and then you've got the channel and then we're down to the next thing about your marketing tech. So you, yep. so now you're, you're aligning your marketing tech and as yep. you said, like one, so it's got to be aligned to your channel and it the does. customer journey. And the main point that I think you made is learn how to use it. Learn how to use it because there might be things there which unlock value in yeah. those other stages of the journey yeah. that you're not tapping into, yeah. which can inform whichever part of that journey you're speaking to, the tech might be able to do that and probably does, like they're billion-dollar businesses. Yeah. So understanding that better will help you deliver the right message at the right time because yeah. that's that art and science thing yeah. where the tech can tell you, okay, like this person's, they've clicked on this, they've shown intent. I know if the salesperson's spoken to them, okay, we need to deliver something which is going to close the deal. We can get that messaging right yeah. and it might be the email, it might be a text, it yeah. might be a call where your CRM can tell you, okay, call this person because they're ready to buy or send an email. Yeah. So it's going to be different for every business, but just making sure that you're delivering 
the right message at the right time. And the final point is like that iterate, like talk mm. to your customers, talk get, to get the feedback, say yeah. this is working, this is what we thought, yeah. test your, your, your hypothesis, I suppose, yeah. by talking to your customers, like the, the MarTech is good, but it's not the, well, what's it's the, the science versus the It, it is, yeah. exactly. And, and all these things are tools. They're just tools. And how you use them is the most important thing and get the art from them have the discussion with your customers, yeah. scale it back, pull it back, go, all right, like if we're just going to solve one thing for them, if we're just going to talk to them in one way, what does that way look like? What's the best way to get cut through with this person? And print out, put a picture of them on your wall and go, all right, this is my best customer. Jono, best customer. How would I get to him? And just focus everything on doing that and, and forget, push all the other stuff to the side, scale it back and go, all right, this is how we're going to get. I've got nothing else. I feel like I know how to do less and get more now. <laughs> so coming from a yeah marketing novice, I, there's lots of value in what you're saying. And I think it definitely, yeah, it surprised me. Going from marketing is just a really pretty looking ad that's put out somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I never considered the science part of it. So it has been really interesting to actually hear a lot about that. You're listening to Two Paths, One Journey. That's season one of 2P1J, wrapped, and I don't think we could have done it in a better way. And in the vein of marketing, our listeners can actually find us and engage with us at various socials. So we have our website, www.2p1j.com, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and everything else you could imagine, 2P1J. But and just, sorry, Connell, we just need to think about where our customers are looking <laughs> on the journey now. Yeah, we might need to do a bit less. <laughs> yes, do less, um, do it better. Uh, but back to you, Bo. What are your final thoughts? Just wrap everything up we've talked about. It's obviously a lot, but I think it's quite good. It really comes down to doing the simple things well and we get too distracted by the bright and shiny getting out there and and being in too many places. It's really about pulling it back, zeroing in on what really motivates those people who are going to buy from you and making sure you're meeting them where they are. Mm. And if people want to find you, where can they do that? Yeah, so website virtualmarketing.management, one of those fancy new URLs. (laughs) So uh, no.com, not a, no.au, but so virtual marketing.management, but the best place is my LinkedIn. So my name's pretty unique, Bo Yushe. Come along. I'm happy to provide a free marketing audit to anyone who's interested. I'll take a look at your stuff, give you some recommendations. Then it's up to you where you go to fix your business. So, Connell, you'll get onto LinkedIn and ask for an audio <laughs> of the podcast. Oh, we'll be talking a lot, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> right, well, thanks a lot, Bo. Thanks for closing out season one. It's been a pleasure to have you in the studio. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks gents. Bo. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks, Gil. Thanks, Thanks listeners. listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Two Paths, One Journey. Thank you for tuning in and supporting the show. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you really love today's show, please leave us a five-star review. It helps other people discover the show and grow our community. We also want to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, you can reach us at 2p1j.com or send us an email at info at 2p1j.com. We read every message and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening to 2p1j. We'll see you next time.